I know firsthand how exhausting it can be to manage all the tasks in my reselling business, like listing, bookkeeping, and more, but I've found a solution that has given me back my time and allowed me to grow my business, hiring a virtual assistant. And now I want to share that solution with you. That's why I've created an online course called Hiring a Virtual Assistant for Your Reselling Business. With this course, you'll learn everything you need to know to find, train, and manage a virtual assistant like a pro. And because I want to make this course accessible to everyone, I'm offering a special coupon code, Flip the Script, that gives you $10 off at checkout. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your reselling business to the next level. Sign up now at hiringava.com and let's enjoy the freedom and fun of growing our businesses together. Again, you can sign up at hiringava.com. Welcome to the Flip the Script podcast. I'm your host, Denali, and I'm a full-time reseller on eBay and Poshmark. My store and closet name is El Ducho, E-L-D-U-C-H-O. You can also find me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube as El Ducho Thrift. This week, I had the pleasure of interviewing a reseller that I met through Instagram, but lives in my community, and her name is Frances. You can find her on Instagram under the username Butterfly Emporium, and all of that information will be in the show notes for you. Frances developed a love of thrifting from a young age and discovered the potential of reselling her finds in high school. She began sourcing clothing from the Goodwill outlet, bringing home bags of treasure on the bus to resell online. Since graduating, Frances has grown her business, filling up her parents' garage with dreams of expanding someday into a larger space. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hi, Francis. Thanks for being on the podcast with me today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. I was thinking last night about when you and I first started talking or met. I don't even know how it started, Francis. I'm like, was it in the, <laughs> did it start in the Instagram DMs or did we just start talking at the bins? I feel like it was in DMs. I think I messaged you maybe saying like, oh, we both thrift in Washington and yeah I've been watching you on YouTube for so long like maybe I'll see you at the bin sometime or like at a thrift store or whatever I think that's when it started okay okay got it well I just remember our first I you know interaction once excuse me we were finally at the bins but now this is all starting to also feel familiar but anyways Francis (laughs) and I live I mean like I want to say near each other but it's also not very near each other in the same respect yeah (laughs) like near ish (laughs) near ish each other and we do shop at some of the same Goodwill outlet locations and so it's always so fun I think to follow resellers in your area who go to the same stores because it's like what are they getting like what are they picking up and it's it's interesting because you know they get different brands and then I'm like oh they're picking that up. Like, I guess I should be picking that. Do you feel the same way or do you feel, do you get the FOMO? That's actually, well, I do get FOMO from like Instagram specifically. If it's like people that I know that go to the same bins as me, I'm like, Oh, (laughs) right. Why wasn't I there today? That kind of thing. But that is funny. Like specifically one time when I saw you there, we were talking 
and you're like oh there's a universal standard piece and I was like what is that brand like I had literally never heard that so it is interesting like you learn so much from other people and like watching what other resellers do and like it's true. It was like up, very up close. Like you can watch other people at the bins specifically. Like mm-hmm. you, it's like a great learning experience. But yeah, I think that's one of the great things about like reselling is you meet so many people. And like I've met so many people at the bins, and like you, I've met you through Instagram, and we've met at the bins, and it's just like it's such a, a cool great community. Community, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I agree. As much as the bins don't look like it, as much as people don't think the bins are community, there is community there. I think there is competition there, but there's a lot of community there as well. So it's, you know, it's Mm -hmm. what you make of it, I guess. All right. Well, let's get into it, Francis. You and I have talked about your journey before in the past, but I'm, you know, I want to fill in the blanks here. And and I think there's some blanks to be filled. So my first Mm -hmm. question for you is tell me about yourself and what has led you to becoming a reseller. I grew up in Washington my whole life. I grew up specifically in Seattle. So as you can imagine, you know, there's a lot of like thrifting. There's a lot of garage sales in where I lived in my neighborhood. There was like a garage sale. It was like a neighborhood event, like twice a year. And so I was Uh like always immersed in like that type of thing. But I had never, you know, clicked that that could be like a business in the future. But we'll get into that. (laughs) And I actually had my like childhood home. There was a Goodwill two blocks away. So almost like every weekend, my mom and I would go to that Goodwill. Like we would usually drop off donations and then get like that coupon and then go in and find some like clothes for me and like random, you know, household stuff. And so I was always like immersed in that specifically like Goodwill and always doing that type of stuff. And I I don't know why like I just it kind of I caught the bug I guess you know at a certain point Mm -hmm. but even thinking back earlier my mom would take me and my sister to consignment stores and we would like I would pick out stuff so like it was always part of my childhood it wasn't something that I like learned what a thrift store was I just kind of you know was always in thrift stores with my parents and stuff and then so yeah, that was just like childhood. I Reselling wasn't a thing really that I knew about. And then I started high school in Seattle in, um, I think it was like 2016 or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, just going through high school. And I just remember like, going to thrift stores all throughout high school. And then there was like a click. I don't know when it was. But I was like, okay, I've, I go to thrift stores like multiple times a week with my parents and I find stuff that doesn't fit me. Like, why couldn't I sell it? That kind of thing, you know? And, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. And I'm, I've always been the type of person to like, want to make something out of like, want to make a business like from something that I do personally, like thinking back, even when I was like super little, I would make these like little like hand sewn bags and like try to sell them on Etsy. And of course, you know, it didn't make any sales, but that's <laughs> like kind of maybe where like that's just how I am. I just I I'm I really like that type of like I don't know self fulfilling thing. I don't I'm not really sure, but I I started to just like 
find things at thrift stores and garage sales and like just start to like put them on the internet and I guess it just kind of grew from there and in high school I was like really busy I played basketball all through high school so like it wasn't really a thing still like I wasn't it wasn't I wasn't a reseller like as you'd mm-hmm. say I wasn't a reseller I was just doing my everyday high school stuff and then when like I was a senior my friend and I would we found out what the bins were and um, <laughs> probably shouldn't admit this but sometimes we would like try to leave school early and go to the bins but <laughs> you know of course my parents were like no you can't do that what are you talking about like you can't leave school so we would like right when the bell would go off we'd be like okay we're gonna go on the bus for like an hour and go all the way to the bins and like we would be there for hours and I'm like wow this is crazy like I can get so much stuff and do this like in high school and make money on the side like it it was just kind of something like a light bulb like went (laughs) off or whatever you know I was like this is crazy so yeah and then yes so then I was it was 2020 and we had you know that whole COVID-19 thing started in mm-hmm. my senior year and I would like to say like oh now I was home and I could like focus on my business and stuff but like obviously as we all know that isn't the case like everything closed and so I wouldn't really say like that's when my journey started into reselling but I would say like maybe 2021 ish is when I like actually took it more seriously and was like this is this could be an actual job and I can you know actually make this into something in like yeah 2021 ish when Mm -hmm. things started opening back up and yeah I don't know if that was the answer to that question (laughs) but but I'm sure there's more things I can fill in as we yeah no that was a lot Okay. Yeah. I have some questions. Okay. So yeah. you, you know, you spent a lot of your life growing up in Seattle, which, you know, I grew up outside of Seattle. I, I you're probably, we would define you as like a city kid where I, yeah, I, think I was like yeah. a suburbs kid. And I'm always fascinated <laughs> totally. by the city kids because I just think like, what an, what an interesting life to grow up in the city, you know, I don't know. Yeah, Maybe that's just yeah. me. So you mentioned that you it was kind of always in your family to just go garage sailing or go to Goodwill. And, you know, you mentioned that your mom was like dropping off donations. So you guys would go in there and shop, picking up like clothes or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be. Yeah. You know, was there ever, did your parents sell at all? I mean, you know, you mentioned like garage sales and stuff. So like, would you guys participate in the selling aspect of it? Or were you guys just the buyer in? I remember my mom having an eBay store when I was little and like my parents would always find things that were worth more than like what they would pay for them at you know garage sales and thrift stores and i i didn't it never clicked like what they were doing really but they weren't reselling like on a normal everyday basis but yeah i do remember that so maybe that like taught me something subconsciously yeah. that right. i uh, subconsciously <laughs> yeah they taught me young but i didn't really realize Right. eBay was just looming in your background. It was, it was. (laughs) Okay. So then you mentioned in high school, when you started high school in 2016, you were still thrifting. I mean, it just sounds like thrift, like the love of thrift has kind of just been this common thread in your life. But around that time, you had that moment where it clicked for you that you could 
buy mm-hmm. stuff to resell, which I always think is interesting when people independently have that realization because mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's just like, I don't think everybody, I think most people don't function like that, right? Most people aren't thinking, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, I see these pair of designer pants. Oh, they're not my size, right? Most people are like, oh, bummer. You know what I mean? But that's like right, how it is yeah. when you shop at the thrift store. Do you remember I mean, it's so far back now, but do you remember like what that item was or? Yes, I do. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I'd love to hear if, if you I, I actually remember like the part of the thrift store I was in. So this was the Goodwill, like two blocks from my house. Um, I mm-hmm. remember I was just in there and there was like a pair of Lululemon leggings, which I was like, oh my gosh, Lululemon, like what? Like, you know, it was like sticker shock kind of thing or like brand mm-hmm. shock. I don't know. I, I just thought that was like a designer at that point. And I was like, Lululemon, and they were half off. So they were $5. And I was like, okay, these are not my size, but like, how could I leave these here? And I don't think I like the, my third first thought was not like, oh, I should sell these online. I think it was like, oh, I could give these to somebody else or like, I just need to buy them. <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, I just like felt like I needed to buy them because they were not my size and I couldn't leave them. And then I was like, I think I just was like, let me just see if I can try to sell these on eBay or something. And I don't remember like the first place I listed them on, but I do think maybe it was Poshmark. And then like, of course they sold because I priced them way too low. They sold (laughs) for like 15 or $20 or something. And I honestly think that's where I like, it just grew. And I was like, oh my gosh, that was so fun to have a sale. Like, Right. I just pro I kind of felt like almost illegal. Like I just profited off this <laughs> item. I just bought it's like how crazy is that, you know? Right. I and especially yeah. when you're of that age and you know, the thought of having your own money, right? Because at that age yeah. it's like you had to go to your parents if you needed gas money mm-hmm. or what have you. I mean or you had to go get a job, right? And so this is just probably felt like a cheat code to not getting a oh, job. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I I I've like babysat my whole like younger time like I would babysit all the time but it kind of felt like you know I had to wait for somebody to ask me to babysit to make Mm -hmm. money you know and it was so fun and like I loved I loved doing that and I was a nanny for like a little bit but it kind of felt like now I have something that I can kind of control like this is my own business and I can kind of make it into something that like I have you know the power over, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. like I didn't, it wasn't like I was relying on something else and it just, yeah, kind of sparked something in me. Like I just went out and I bought these leggings, for example, and I did all this work and now I'm seeing the result, like literally right in front of me. And it was just kind of like, I don't know, it was just fun, I guess. Yeah. So, so it sounds like from there through senior year up until senior mm-hmm. year, it continued for you. I'm wondering at that time or during those years, what did your reselling business look like? I mean, after you sold those pair of Lululemon leggings, were you immediately back out at the thrift store or did you start going through your own closet thinking, okay, what do I have in here to sell? Was it a combination? What did it look like? Um, Yeah. So if I like, if I scroll back into my Poshmark, I can like see all this. 
it's like almost all like my mom's old clothing that she would have donated she just started giving to me because she's like oh she likes this is, they probably thought it was like a hobby like she just mm-hmm. likes posting these things online so yeah and I so I would do that like I just started to just sell like things around um, my house and I do remember like that's where I you know found the reselling community on YouTube like slightly like just very minimal I would just watch some of those just for fun honestly um mm-hmm. and I was like "Ooh, I need to make an inventory system and I had like probably 20 items you know um, <laughs> but I would start to put things in like Ziploc bags and then I would have like I would empty out one of my dresser drawers and I put things in there and I was like starting to like organize it as if it was like a full inventory business thing and that's like honestly where it it probably actually started I was started to take it more seriously and yeah I I think I don't remember like how soon after I started like going back to the thrift store but I think it was like gradually over time like every time I would go with my family I would grab one or two more items to sell And then over time, it started to turn into like, okay, most of it's to sell. And then one thing's for me, you know, it kind of crossed Mm -hmm. over like that. And yeah, and then that's, you know, around the time that I uh, like figured out what the bins were and that, you know, that's a whole other shock in its own (laughs) thing. Yeah. So, okay. A high schooler at the bins. I mean, obviously I didn't discover it till much later in life and Mm -hmm you know, you're taking the bus, you're trying to leave school <laughs> early, or maybe even midday. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame exactly. you. If I knew about the bins back then, I would oh, I also. Know. <laughs> yeah, um, I know. Are you tired of spending hours sharing and sending offers to likers? Introducing Posher VA, the web program that will save you time and increase your sales. With Posher VA, you can automatically share your closet, send offers to likers, and schedule your share times all with just a few clicks. Using code ELDUCHO, you can try Posher VA for two weeks for free, no credit card required. Posher VA is not just another program, it is your program. Say goodbye to manual sharing and hello to even more time in your business. Try Posher VA today using code ELDUCHO, E-L-D-U-C-H-O. You know, okay, so you're going to the bins. I'm curious because Mm -hmm. the, the bins that you were visiting, you know, were in our downtown area and- For Francis and I, you know, of the bins that you and I have visited, the mm-hmm. one that's closer to where we live now, I, you know, I've had friends refer to that one as like business class, like it's a little oh, bit nicer. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would totally agree uh, with the that. One, you know, the one downtown is, <laughs> you know, a little bit more of an experience. And so yeah. I guess I'm wondering you know, when you first walked in there, I mean, obviously you kept coming back, so you liked it, but I'm just wondering, like, what were your initial thoughts of this place you had discovered? Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, my, my friend and I, we like did like a lot of research about it before we went. Cause my friend's mom was like, Oh yeah, I've been there before. It's dirty. You don't want to touch stuff with your hands, stuff like that. So we actually did some research and we like watched some like bins videos and everyone was like you have to wear gloves you have to like sanitize right after things like that you know and so we like 
when we first went we were like terrified to walk in honestly Mm-hmm. and it is a shock like we walk in it's like pretty dark specifically in that location it's pretty dark it doesn't smell great and it's like you just I don't know you're just like hit with like all of this stuff and it's so cheap it, it was just I think I more loved it than I was scared of it when I walked in and it was like just I I was like, I can have any of the things in here that I want, you know, Mm -hmm. it was like, it was kind of like a, like a kid in a candy shop, but I was in a warehouse. I don't know. It was just so like, it started to feel so addicting, but yeah, where the issue came was we would be taking the like public transportation bus, you know, and you can only take so much back with you on the bus. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I was like starting to like take these big duffel bags and, I couldn't drive at that point because I was only like 15 and so it I don't know we just like my friend didn't really resell actually she more just like helped me find things which was really helpful but yeah it was like I wanted to have my license so bad so that my like dream was to drive down to the bins after school and like fill my trunk that was like something I wanted to do so bad so I just like I just kept going and taking the bus like multiple times a week. And yeah, it just was, I mean, yes, it is. a It is scary. Like the first time you walk in, cause it's so new and people hype it up so much. But if you like really just look at what it is, it's just clothing, you know, it's just mm-hmm. clothing and bins and you just get to just look through it. It's actually pretty incredible. But I totally agree with you that that location specifically is not, I mean, it's not the safest necessarily. So I was like trying to be careful, but I think it like prepared me for any other bins that I ever go to. I'm like, okay, if I can handle that, I can handle (laughs) any other thrift store or any other bins location ever, you know? Yeah, it is. It is. It is a good one to start out at. I mean, yeah. or bad one. I guess it goes or both bad. ways because it's like you said, you know, it's the way that some people talk about certain cities, right? Like they'll say, like, if you can live in New York City, you can live anywhere, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. If you can shop at that location, you can shop anywhere. Honestly, that is so true. Like it could have scarred me and I wouldn't have ever gone into a thrift store again, but I'm glad it went the other way where I was like, okay, this is fine. I can go anywhere else now. <laughs> it's okay. When we started off talking, I mentioned, you know, about me being a suburbs kid and you being a city kid. And when I think of, you know, some of the differences that might exist mm-hmm. would be for city kids, the public transportation, not that it doesn't exist out in the suburbs, right? But it, it maybe is a little bit better or mm-hmm. also for city kids, it's just an easier way to maybe get around uh, and maybe less of a need or a desire to get a car. You know, as Mm -hmm. in my adult years, I've known people who also lived in the city and they had kids. And I remember them telling me that their kids didn't have an interest in getting their license because Mm. they would just, you know, take public transportation or take an Uber or what have you. But it's Mm -hmm. interesting that you said that you did want a license. Did you, I'm just curious, did you feel like that was maybe for people your age who went to high school with you? I mean, were people interested in getting their license? Is that a thing? I honestly, like thinking back, I feel like a lot, like 
I don't know why, but like I feel like in my specific neighborhood, like everyone already had a car. Like mm-hmm. it was just, I mean, it wasn't that it was a wealthier neighborhood necessarily, but it was like people were like just given cars. And I just feel like once you got your license, you already had a car. Nest that was not the case for me, but I like I just feel like I kind of almost felt like an outsider taking public transportation, which sounds weird because it's like in the city. Right. And I'm sure more people took it than I thought. But I was always I just remember being jealous of people that like drove to school and like, you know, drove up like in their flashy car, like parked by the (laughs) high school. I was like, either I had to be dropped off by my mom or I walked to school or I took the public transportation which wasn't an issue I was just like I kind of wanted the freedom to like be able to just like go wherever I wanted without having mm-hmm. to wait for like the bus but I I don't think it would have been an issue if I didn't like get into reselling because I could get wherever I wanted on the bus and right. go to school and things like that but I think it started to become an issue when I wanted to like when I was doing research wanting to go to other thrift stores like across the city or like an hour away and it's like that would take so long on the bus and that's probably where it started but yeah yeah okay yeah I was just I was just curious thanks for indulging me uh yeah (laughs) but I also think it's just an interesting challenge you had as well right having to lug everything on the bus and then being limited in the sort of you know quantity Mm -hmm. of things that you could take home right because you don't want to carry a million things back with you and so in some ways you really I think it's a good thing actually is that you probably had to be really picky in that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like you're not going to take home some maybe stuff. Like you're only going to take home stuff that you, you felt good about. That's a really good point. And I do actually remember like, okay, I can only take home like three big bags. So I need to like really make sure that these are things that I want. And I'm, I'm sure there was things that I wouldn't pick up today, but you know, that's just a learning experience but yeah totally like I think that did actually teach me like maybe I should start researching these things so that I'm not just taking home a bunch of stuff that I can't carry and it won't sell and I honestly I mean I didn't know what comps were and I didn't know that you have to like look at solds and things like that I had no idea what that was but I remember you know I would start to look up brands just on Google and like oh that's expensive I'll grab that one and I'll throw this one back because it only retailed for like $40 something like that so I did actually teach me to be picky but of course I made so many mistakes like it I there was things that I had in my Poshmark for like four years like and I only (laughs) recently got rid of like you know I mean I'm sure we all have that that one or 10 items that like yes can't get rid of but it did I'm kind of thankful that I didn't have the opportunity to have like a whole car to you know shove all of these things in because I probably would have grabbed way too much stuff you know Mm -hmm. um so yeah, that, that did help. And yeah, I remember like when I first started going, it was so much cheaper than it is now. And so I just feel like I just, I felt like I could grab anything with my yeah. babysitting yeah. money and I, it wouldn't even really be that expensive. So it, yeah, it did feel kind of freeing in a way to like find the bins versus yeah. just, cause Seattle, like if you try to thrift, like in any of the like 
thrift stores around there. They're even back then they were so expensive and it just, I just couldn't find anything that like I wanted to pay like $10 for to sell. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I'm really glad I found the bins and I was like, okay with risking going in there. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's a great place to just go and make mistakes, (laughs) make mistakes early on and then kind of get better from there. Okay. So moving, moving forward into 2020. So that's the year that Mm -hmm. you graduated, you know, the schools shut down all of a sudden you became this full-time online student. You Mm -hmm. obviously still had like your business still existed at that time, but you couldn't source or anything I mean did you have like a backlog of inventory to work on during that time or do you did your business just kind of get put on hold at that point yeah so I remember like when they told us it would be two weeks you know we'd come back in two weeks so that at that point it was like I just kept doing things like normally and we would have some we wouldn't I didn't even remember having like I think we just took two weeks off I don't think we had school during the two weeks like online at all and then when it like was full shut down I don't think I did a lot of reselling because it was just like we were all you know kind of maybe in shock of like what was happening and I obviously couldn't go into any thrift stores I think I just boxed most of the things off like and send it off to ThreadUp because my mom told me what ThreadUp was. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to send this there. And so it kind of like, I didn't do any reselling for like maybe a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I just was at home like doing like school and then honestly like random stuff. I don't even know that year is kind of a blur. It was just like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, it's like puzzles and TikTok dances and things like that like (laughs) for 2020 I don't remember my business growing at all it kind of stopped and I you know sent everything off to thread up like I said but then in 2021 I think it was like 2021 my parents decided to move out to the country and I was like I don't want to leave Seattle yet so I convinced my parents to let my sister and I find an apartment together. And so we, we did that. We lived in an apartment together and that's when like, I started to really take my reselling seriously and, and things started to like open back up a little bit. Um, I don't know if you remember, but at the bins, there was like a whole new system of like Mm -hmm. tickets or, um, like you had to like find a place outside to like, they only let in a certain amount of people but you had to find like a place on the parking lot ground where you have to stand and then they let you in. It was like this whole process. So I, I was like, started to do that like every single day with my friend. And at that point I did get my license and I was lucky. My parents gave me a, like their old Prius. So I took that like thrifting and it honestly, like it happened so fast. I was at the bins every single day during 2021 like literally (laughs) literally every single day and I was still going to the downtown one as well so it kind of just took off from there and I was like like I'm sort of living on my own but I'm living with my sister so I still have to buy my own stuff luckily my parents still paid like our rent because I was like I don't even know I was like maybe 18 but 
I was like, okay, if I want to buy my own things, like I really need to actually take this seriously. So I was like, my parents were saying either you have to go find a job, like a real job, or, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to prove that you can make enough money doing what you're doing now. And I honestly don't think they thought like this would make any money because I don't think they even knew what reselling was. Like I said, they did sell like a couple items when I was right but you know that they probably still didn't even know that reselling was a real job right and I guess I didn't either and I proved it to myself and like I started to see in the community that this was like a real thing and it kind of made me feel better about doing it Mm -hmm. I was like okay I'm not the only I'm not crazy for thinking this is gonna work so yeah I started I don't know where I was going with that but I started to go to the bins like every single day and that's when I think I started to actually take it seriously. And during that time, I got my own dog. So that was a really impulsive decision. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) I don't know why I was like, I I just need like a dog. Like I, I always grew up with, we always had like three or four dogs in our house, which is crazy. And then I went to living with no dog and I was like, I need to get a dog. (laughs) So I found my dog and that was like another thing that kind of inspired me to make more money. I was like, I need to buy, you know, like pet insurance, dog food, like vet. I'm going to have to pay like vet stuff. So it started, like, I started to feel more like an adult and I was like, Mm -hmm. I need to actually take this seriously. And that's when I think it was like 2021, I got a storage unit, which I really don't recommend getting a storage unit in the city because they will charge you like the most ever. Mm -hmm. Um, And they like raise the prices like every like six months or something, but I couldn't store all of my things in a apartment. So I got a storage unit looking back. Like I really should have had a real inventory system. I just started like, I would just put things in different bins, but like, I didn't really know where things were, but like they were, I knew they were in the storage unit, but I didn't know where, you know, Mm -hmm. terrible, not good advice, but um, (laughs) yeah, I, I like that's, yeah, I just started it. That's where it started really. And I honestly haven't done anything else like job wise since then. I did a couple like small babysitting things where I would do it like every two weeks but that wasn't really you know sustainable obviously so I yeah I took it very seriously and then I'm trying to remember like I I get like the years all mixed up but at a certain point I moved to the country with my parents so like I say country it's really not that far but (laughs) far enough away where it's like you know I'm like pretty out there and my parents were so like nice to let me use their the barn that they have and garage so I was able to like really make it my own it was like honestly like my own storage unit but I could like make it my own you know Mm -hmm. like hang things wherever I want just like make it a whole thing and I really set a foundation for my business and I'm like so thankful that my parents let me use their space because I it was really hard to like be growing in this small storage unit and I just felt like it, I had a capacity and I wanted to grow more so I'm am very thankful and I know that's not like a possibility for everybody 
and luckily you know they haven't kicked me out yet so I'm still (laughs) using their their storage but I do hopefully like at some point you know like have my own place where I can like expand it you know but I am. Yeah. So, okay. So at this point, we're kind of present day in your story. You graduated high school, you really started picking up reselling and taking it more seriously in 2021 mm-hmm. until now. So I guess I think the question and probably the answer is, you know, are you, you know, are you a full-time reseller? Is this your primary source of income mm-hmm. present day? Yes. Um, and I actually forgot to mention, I did do one year of college, I but it was online because it was still during the pandemic. So I do want to mention I did do that. But as you can imagine, with trying to resell and having that as like something I love to do, that mm-hmm. kind of took over, you know, and I decided that maybe this wasn't the right time for me to be doing college. And um, yeah, so I, I forgot to mention that. But after that, yeah, now I consider myself a full-time reseller because, yeah, this is my only source of income and, like, I pour, like, most of my time into it. Maybe mm-hmm. more than I should, but, like, <laughs> a lot <laughs> of my time, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I get it. Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned that you're living with your parents right now and that they have, you know, sounds like more than enough space that they've been able to give you some of it, which is awesome. You said that you're storing your inventory like in a barn or like a shed or something like that. Um, Yeah. So it started in like the barn, but it's not, it wasn't super like it was, it's unfinished. So I just started to, like, I did have my stuff in there and I was like okay I don't feel great about like the weather and I do have everything in like poly bags you know like the plastic yeah. bag but I was like I it just I didn't feel comfortable with it so I did move it to the garage and yeah everything I'm able to manage to have everything in there I think there's like 3,000 items in there oh and nice yeah it's I it's kind of overflowing into like areas that my parents said were off limits <laughs> you know <laughs> I, that's but it a must project. be a big garage. I mean, it's got to it, be a it is. decent size. Yeah, I, I am thankful that that it's like they gave me that like space to use. And <laughs> my dad was like, "You can use the garage as long as you give me like this small little area to keep like my tools and like paint and stuff." And I was like, "Oh, totally. Yeah, I won't touch that." And then it's like starts to creep over like, every so often. He's like, "Okay, I told you, <laughs> you know, you can't." <laughs> Yeah, you're like, "Uh, sorry, your stuff's in the barn now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I start to move their stuff around. That is like, that's one thing about like, I that my parents probably hate is, you know, I have clothing like almost everywhere. Yeah. And what would um, I? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, no. I I don't even know what I was going to say. Go ahead. (laughs) Oh, no, that's okay. I I was just going to say, you know, is have you ever had a thought of maybe putting some money into the barn like maybe finishing it to make it more of a like a usable space for you I I mean because that sounds very like for me that sounds very desirable I would be like oh yeah let me just do up this place no I I, I've thought about it and like 
I know my parents, that's a dream of theirs to finish it. And I was like, I did have that thought like, oh, I could totally help them with like doing that if I can like use it for however long I want to stay here, you know, and like, Mm -hmm. it is pretty large, like that would be great. You know, I just haven't, that is a thought and it's a good idea. I just like haven't had the time to even think about it further. Right. But it is great. There's like a up there's like a loft in it that I'm like kind of scared of, but other than that, like <laughs> it's pretty great. Like yeah. You know, it's a, no, it's a it sounds awesome. sizable building. Yeah. Maybe eventually I will make yeah. that in. Yeah. Yes. Yes, for <laughs> sure. So in thinking about your business present day, what do you feel like are some of the challenges that you currently face? Um, honestly, like, I would say it's like myself is are the things that or I don't know how to phrase that. But like, I think I am the biggest issue in my business. And that's not like, like everything I am capable of doing the day to day things. It's just like, I think sometimes I hold myself back of like my whole full potential. Mm -hmm. And that's just something I need to like, work on and like prove to myself that I am capable but I I don't even know like on a day-to-day basis like I I love I just love reselling and it's like keeps me like happy and stuff but there are days where it's like the motivation is really hard and and I'm just like I I can't even touch a piece of clothing today like mm-hmm. it gets really that type of stuff gets hard and that's when sometimes I'm like why did I do this to myself? But then I'm like, wow, I'm so thankful other days. You know, it's like a, I don't yeah. know. It's hard to explain, but sometimes it's like too overwhelming. I get down on myself for not like doing maybe the most that I could do. And that's where like the home and work things kind of like mix together, which I need to work on. But like, I, I'm like listing stuff in bed and like past like work hours you know like Mm -hmm. that's the type of stuff that I have the challenge that's challenging right now is like really trying to balance my life and not make reselling like a hundred percent yeah no I I think that probably most people listening to this can relate to it because when you own your own business it's just you right (laughs) for the Mm -hmm. most part it's just you you're running the show things happen when you do them. And when you don't do them, things stop happening, right? And that major thing is income. And so you're Mm -hmm. kind of always thinking about that. And, you know, the fun part of this job, we can always say is the sourcing, but there is the part that exists, many parts that exist once we come home with it, right? There's the listing photographing, putting stuff into Mm -hmm. inventory, checking your inventory. I mean, you know, we haven't even mentioned like taxes or any of that bookkeeping sort of stuff. There's so many parts to this business. And so, yeah, it can be overwhelming at times. And I also think, like you said, you know, listing from your bed, I think many of us have been there listing from our bed or listing from the couch or somewhere oh, yeah. in the yeah. house while we're watching vacation. TV. <laughs> yeah, vacation. vacation. It doesn't really shut off. And so it is really easy to kind of burn yourself out in it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like you mentioned to that point where you 
just can't touch anything that day, right? You you just have to step away from it. And then, but then on the flip side, right? Then that guilt comes in that you mentioned, you start to feel down on yourself, like, oh, well now I'm not doing anything or yesterday I didn't do anything. And because of that, mm-hmm. I'm not having sales today or whatever we might, yeah. you know, put onto ourselves. So uh, I don't have an answer for that one, Francis, other than <laughs> I and many people can relate to that feeling. It, it's just, yeah. I think the self-employed dilemma. I think that's like something that isn't talked about like a lot. I've seen mm-hmm. it sometimes on Instagram, but like, it's not talked about a lot where it's like that. I mean, for me, like I am literally the only person running my business. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe in the future I'll have, you know, employees, but even then it's like, if I am not doing something for my business, then it's not growing in my head like why wouldn't I list the things that I photographed today like why wouldn't I list those while I'm watching tv because you know it's not going to sell if I don't list it but Mm -hmm. then I also there's the other part where it's like you also have to look at it as a job where it's like it's does it shouldn't take up your entire life I mean it takes up a lot of my life but I'm really really trying to not burn myself out because you know I've noticed recently that I get more burnt out um more easily with reselling and it's it just you know it kind of takes the fun out of it sometimes um Mm -hmm. like like I said like there are days where I wake up and I'm like I do not want to touch another piece of clothing all day but I have to like ship stuff and I'm trying to be more gentle on myself like just do a couple things and you'll feel good that you succeeded today with your business. Like you don't have to get every single thing done in one day and you don't yeah. have to like do all of it right now. You can watch a movie without listing stuff. Like it's okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think you have to give yourself that grace. And then, you know, unfortunately it's just something that most of us, we just learn over time. Right. And, mm-hmm. and in it, and in that time we burn ourselves out a lot <laughs> Oh, <laughs> to yeah. eventually yeah. get to that headspace where it's like, Oh, I need to, I need to give myself me time where mm-hmm. I step away from the business and that can be okay sometimes. Right. There can be moments yeah. where the business doesn't operate and it will be just fine. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. It'll, it will actually be fine and it might actually be better, you know, cause you're right. going to come back to it after having like time to yourself, you're going to come back and hopefully feel more like energized and motivated. Like totally. at least for me, you know, like just stepping away for a little mm-hmm. bit and then coming back, I usually am more successful and I get more done, you know, it's just, yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I, it's it's that feeling, right? When you come back from a vacation and you're like, okay, I think, you know, nobody's like excited to go back to work, but right. that feeling of just like, I'm ready. Like I can I'm do ready. this. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I'm yeah, kind of more it. excited. Yes, yeah. exactly. To the extent we can be. Okay. So <laughs> being, being that, you know, you're, you're a young, young lady, you know, we were talking offline before we started and you're 20 years old you know, mm-hmm. where do you see the future of your business going? Or I mean, dare we say life just because you're so young, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, you've mentioned that you really love reselling. I, is this something that you continue to see yourself doing and pursuing and continue growing to whatever extent 
growth means to you or you know you mentioned that you went to college for a year maybe you'll Mm -hmm. go back maybe you won't you know what are what are your plans Francis? Yeah that it's a tough question and I've been asked that like by my peers and like family members and they're Mm -hmm. like you know are you gonna do this forever and honestly like the first thought that comes to mind is like yeah I hope so like Mm -hmm. I really do I really do love what I do and I honestly couldn't really imagine doing anything else and of course you know that can always change I can you know find something that I is my calling in the future I I don't know as of right now I really see my business growing like I hope to one day have like my own maybe like a warehouse or like a really big storage unit and I can just like just grow it and make it even bigger hire people make it more of like a full-blown business that's like I mean obviously it's still a business but I want to make it even bigger and I really do think this is something that I can sustain for the foreseeable future I like I said I don't know and I I don't even know about college either Mm -hmm. um and like I mean college isn't for everyone as Mm -hmm. like but I, it was really not for me at that time. And maybe it will be in the future. Um, I really, I don't know. It hasn't crossed my mind, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I do see myself and like, I see myself as like a 60 year old woman doing reselling. Like I really do. And mm-hmm. maybe that's crazy and or a crazy goal, but I hope so. <laughs> like, well, really time will do. tell. We can always come back to this podcast episode. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully I'll still be alive. <laughs> no, you will. <laughs> yeah, we can do it. A part two when we're both right. A part two in the year 2063. I'll see that you then. Put awesome. it on the calendar. That would oh be my awesome. gosh. It would be so funny. You and I are both still at the bins shopping. Yeah, we're like, okay, yeah, I went to the bins this morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You might have to help me in though. Like I might be a little slow walking to each rotation. So. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Can't run anymore, but no, not after not after my double hip surgery. So <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> no. Yeah, we'll have well, to no, revisit I, that. Yeah, I I you know. I don't know, in some ways it's weird to say this, but like, I enjoy hearing that it's something that you really love and you see yourself doing for a long time, because in some ways, I guess I see a little piece of myself in that. Mm -hmm. But for me, you know, I didn't know that reselling could be what it is for you or what it is for me. Mm-hmm. at that time in my life. And so for me, I did feel the pressures to just go to college, right? Because that's what yeah. you were supposed to do. Um, but I think that, you know, times are changing and, you know, younger generations are seeing less of a need to go to college. And I I also think that's fine. I mean, like you certainly don't need a college degree necessarily to be a reseller, right? Anybody could do it and right, right sure sure a fashion degree or a business degree or an accounting or whatever you know like it certainly will it will help you will maybe give you a leg up in some ways in reselling but then in other ways also not because there's just mm-hmm. I think a lot of I think there's a lot of like street smart that just exists yeah. in reselling and just having knowledge about 
things, right? It doesn't matter what yeah. the thing is, yeah. like whatever the thing is you want to sell, it's just about having a knowledge and then the skill set to continue to do this job and the drive to continue to do this job because certainly self-employment and reselling is not going to be for everybody. It is on the surface reselling sounds easy in practice not so much it is difficult work it is a job just like any other job becomes a job yeah right? <laughs> yeah no that that's very true like I I do think like when you tell people oh I resell clothing online it's like oh okay but what do you actually do and it's like well actually there is so much more it is really a job and I I agree with what you're saying of like college you don't need a college degree to do like reselling or you know any other maybe self-employment job like there is a lot of street smart but I also do know like there's so much things so many things you can learn from other resellers online mm -hmm. yeah. um, personally like I I haven't paid for a course I haven't like paid anybody to teach me reselling it's something that you just kind of like do and you make mistakes and you learn from other people and like I always think of it like that's my like degree is like watching so many YouTube videos it's almost like homework but it's so fun you know and yeah I, totally there's yeah. tons of free information out there on the internet I mean it's all there anything you want is out there yeah exactly and it's like even even not watching YouTube, you could just go look at other people's Poshmark closets and sort what's selling and things like that. Like there is so much information, but I, it sounds easy, but I do think like what the difficult part is like sticking with it. And even when it's hard and like, Oh, I'm not making any sales like that. You don't quit. You just keep going. And I think that's where a lot of people drop off reselling is like mm -hmm. the motivation or like, it just starts to feel like a job and people don't want to do it anymore, but it's, yeah. Once you really stick with it, I think is like where you, I don't know. I, you just start to feel fulfilled maybe like, yeah, the motivation is really hard sometimes though, but yeah, it, it is. I think it is the hardest part. I mean, just, yeah. in self-employment in general. And that's the thing that people I probably don't realize. It's the, it's the biggest one that people never realize about going into self-employment. Um, yeah. You're yeah. your own worst critic in a way. Mm -hmm. It's like, I mean, yeah, it's like, yeah. It, rather than having a boss tell you you're doing poorly, it's like, you're telling yourself that. <laughs> mm -hmm. I know. And that's, and that's hard. It's like, Yeah. You can't, yeah. you just have to, yeah, I don't know, but it's not okay, always well, easy. Yeah. So kind of on that note, I'm curious then what advice you would give yourself uh, when you were first starting out, you know, when you look back to, I don't know, maybe 2021, when you mm -hmm. kind of started to take your business more seriously, what would you have gone back and told young Francis at the time? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that you feel like would have been beneficial for you to hear thinking back I think I would have well the first thing that comes to mind is make an inventory system and really focus on the foundation of your business before you know going back out and buying more and more and more stuff and because personally it did kind of flood 
my space and I, I never really got caught up until like present day but I would say like set the foundation physically but also mentally like I would probably tell myself like make an inventory system and also like start taking the business more seriously earlier on and I think I would have maybe been more successful if I did that sooner because I kind of just felt like I was just willy-nilly like buying stuff and then selling it but if I had taken it more seriously sooner I think I could have grown even earlier on um that and then also I would say I wish that I would have done more research when I was younger as well because like as we talked about I was I had so many things that just weren't worth reselling and that is like a mistake that you have to go through as a reseller you just have to but that was another thing is do your research, look up things. Not everything is just worth reselling all the time. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I completely agree with, with both of those. I think they're two good pieces of advice because, you know, having, being organized when you first start out, you kind of, you, you can't totally go back on it in terms mm -hmm. of inventory systems, like the better practices you put into place initially is going to set you up for success in the future. It is harder to go back once you have 500 yeah. or a thousand items, right. To go back mm -hmm. and redo an inventory system. I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna set you back like maybe a week or whatever, right. Oh, it's just yeah. gonna set you back in time in your business. And so whether it be inventory system or bookkeeping or whatever it is for you, having those better systems in place when you first start out is yeah. just going to help you so much more. And then yeah. I think that, like you said, with, um, you know, not everything is worth reselling. I think that that's, again, it's something that people, you know, they have to learn over time. It can be a tough mm -hmm. lesson to learn because as you mentioned earlier in the podcast, right, looking back and seeing something that you've had in your Poshmark closet for f like four years now or whatever it was, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, everyone's been there, right? They, everyone mm -hmm. has that one item where you're like, oh my gosh, I don't even use that background anymore. Or I don't shoot my photos like that. I mean, it's like, it's like yeah. a sore thumb that sticks out in your closet because you're like, oh gosh, that was so long ago. You know, and while it is great in the beginning to kind of maybe sell anything that you come across or you're given for free when you start out, maybe isn't always then the best thing once you're, you know, once you're growing it into an actual business. Yeah. Yeah. Then that's something no, I was never told, you know, starting out. So it's like, I did just learn that over time. But if I knew back then what I knew now I would say you know do your research um one thing one more thing that comes to mind is also like like I would tell myself don't listen to the people that tell you that this isn't gonna go anywhere because mm -hmm. I do remember like my friends would make fun of me like what are you doing after school like why are you packaging stuff up like you're this isn't like a real job like blah 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 all my friends would have you know quote unquote real jobs Mm -hmm. And I would be told by other people, like, what are you doing? Like, this is crazy. You can't, this isn't sustainable. And I would just tell myself, like, that back then, like, I would tell myself, like, just keep doing it. Because if you don't cry, then it will, it can't ever turn into anything. Yeah, no, that's great advice. I mean, I think there's a lot of self-doubt that can happen and exist when you 
start this journey, especially because this is such a, you know, non-traditional job. You know, I think it's mm-hmm. kind of emerging. More people are starting to know about the existence of it, but I don't, I still don't think that people fully grasp how it can be full-time work. And, yeah. and because of it, because it's so non-traditional, people just think of it as, you know, something short-term that you might be doing to generate cash or it's a hobby. Right, like a side or, hustle. Mm-hmm, exactly. When, because it is, I think it's more mainstream for it to be a side hustle now mm-hmm. and right. not as mainstream yet for people to see it as a viable way to make income that, right, that the person mm-hmm. who lives next door to you with a family and kids might just be selling your discarded items on the internet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point. Yeah. If I had known back then, like I probably would have taken it more seriously and just told those people like, okay, you just wait and see then <laughs> I will prove you wrong that this can be a real, be, be a real business. Well, I think you did it, Francis. That's the great part. I, and I mean, <laughs> you know, you get to say that at 20, I'm, I 39, I think now I'm 39. So I get to say that 39. So I think it's really cool that you get to say it at 20 because there is so many, you know, opportunities still, you know, out there. I mean, for both Mm -hmm. of us, but definitely for you at your young age, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot for you to experiment and play around with, with your business. And yeah, I think you're on the right track. You're doing amazing. Thank you, so, thank you much. so much. Yeah. This has been so fun talking and, and getting to fill in all the parts of your journey that I didn't know about that we don't get to discuss over a big blue bin while we're sorting through. Clothes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah thank you it can so be a much. little hard to, to it have can a be. conversation. It's almost impossible. Yeah. <laughs> Al- exactly. Almost. <laughs> we, almost. We know impossible. enough about each other, but I definitely know more now. So thank, thank you so much for thank joining you. me today. And thank you so much for I'll- having me. Yeah, I'll see you at the bins. I will. I'll see you there. <laughs> okay. Talk to you later. Bye. All right. Bye. Thanks again to Francis for being on this week's episode of the podcast. Again, you can find Francis on Instagram under the username Butterfly Emporium, and all of that information will be in the show notes of this episode for you. Well, we are officially in June and it has been unseasonably warm up here in the Pacific Northwest. I won't lie. I love it. I'm able to leave my warehouse at the end of the day. I come outside. It's beautiful. It's sunny. And I'm able to take a nice warm evening walk. It's great. I hope you're also getting some great weather wherever you're located at in the country. I also want to take a moment to say happy Pride Month to all of our LGBTQ plus resellers in our community. And last but not least, I hope this has been a fruitful week of reselling sales-wise, productivity-wise, (laughs) organizationally-wise, all of the whys that can be related to this job. So until next time, keep on listing and keep on selling.